Lock us in, load us in, pop in that A-track, spin the tape. Here we go. Hey now everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars Time Show, but it's not the Star Wars Time Show, it's the Star Wars Time Show's Resistance Recap Sub Show. That's right, it's Matt and Nick, we're back to talk all things Star Wars Resistance, but before we get into breaking down S1, E17, the core problem, I have to tell the fans a story, Nick, and it's related to Star Wars Resistance. It's directly related to Star Wars Resistance. So this week on Instagram, you can follow us, uh, follow us, uh, follow us, blah, blue, blee, blah, blee, blue, 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 blah, blah. Do you guys get all that? Nick, <laughs> translate for them. Where, where can they follow us? So basically what Matt just said <laughs> is that you can go on Instagram and follow us at Star Wars Time Show. There you say, he you almost see... had a stroke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all dying here. You can see all of the things that we share. You can see all of the uh, the great fan art that we talk about on the regular Star Wars Time Show Top 5. Um, and then as well as that, you can get all of our posts that we share on there as well. So if you want to follow us there, you can get post content from the website. You can get share content from all the great creators on Instagram. And you can also see, you know, all of the stuff that we post, all of our all of our organic right, content, right. you could say. But the reason for me bringing this up before my brain basically shit itself is on Instagram, I was looking, you know, I'm a human. I get excited with likes. I look at the comment feed. So on Saturday, it was a Saturday or Sunday. It doesn't matter. It was over the weekend. I'm scrolling through there, and I notice someone in particular liked our last two Star Wars Resistance posts. I believe it was the Easter egg breakdown and then the recap and review of last week's episode. Um, whatever the hell that was, the the new trooper. Was that new trooper? New trooper, yep. Yeah. And I look and I'm like, holy shit, I'm pretty sure that's fucking Kaz, as in Christopher Sean, the, the guy that voices Kaz on the show. So I, I drilled into his profile, and lo and behold, it was Christopher Sean. So he buzzed through Star Wars Time Show on IG, liked it. So as any adoring fan would do, I put that into a story and said, hey, look, Kaz himself is down with the SWT. So you should be too. And Christopher didn't stop there. He then slid into our DMs and said, uh, what do you say, Nick? I got to pull it up real quick. Yeah. He said, give us some music, somebody. We get so many Instagram DMs. I know. We really do. I wasn't kidding. We do get a lot. Yeah. But he replies and says, stay awesome, my friend. And I'm like, hey, cheers. Thanks for support, Christopher. Team Kaz. Hashtag Team Kaz. And he comes back. I appreciate you, too. Love this fucking guy. It's so good, man. It's so good. And he's no hack. I mean, he's got 56,000 followers. He's a blue check marker. I mean, this guy, he's on other shows. I don't know if you, you've seen him. In, he's been on some uh, TV. I think he was doing Hawaii Five-0. I, I think he's on a soap opera. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. But to us, he's Kaz Ziono. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, like you said before, and we've talked about Instagram community a lot. And then 
how much it means to get somebody like that, somebody like Christopher Sean, who's the voice of Kaz on the show that we obviously are huge fans of, do a podcast for every week, to have him come by, not only double tap two of our posts, but also, you know, get in the DMs and say, like, he appreciates what we do and, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, that that was really big. Like, that was really awesome to see. I mean, we're a small site. Obviously, we have you guys listening, and we appreciate all of the fans that we have. Like and share, as always. But to see somebody that is actually in Star Wars, like in Star Wars Resistance, buzz by and say, like, hey, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, that that's just great. Means, it was great. You know. I mean, it, it's like, d- does he remember even doing that? No. I mean, it was on the weekend. He, he could have been drunk, stoned, you don't know, just fucking around on his phone. But he did it. He may not remember Star Wars time again, but you're for damn sure when we post this tomorrow, we'll be tagging him. Yeah. Because we talked about him. And you never know. I mean, he seems like a cool guy. The fact that, you know, he took that time to just let fans know. I mean, you got to understand, he probably has fans hitting him up all day long. I I didn't tag him with the intent of, oh, he's going to reply. It's more just like, hey, man, just the double taps was enough for us. As Nick explained, as someone that, that shares stuff on IG from a artist perspective daily with my toy photography i mean the the the, the likes the, the comments they go a long long way uh, at this point in time it, it's better than even making money for any of this stuff to me it, it's the recognition uh, i don't know what that says about my personality but i really appreciate recognition from everybody but then when you got someone that you, you know you, you're sitting here we have a podcast about his show you know he's the main character it was, it was pretty cool. So thanks for that, Christopher. We do appreciate you checking us out. Now, Nick, let's get into the good stuff, and that's breaking down S1, E17, the core problem. So as we always do, let's go ahead and start out with the Easter eggs. And uh, quite frankly, I was a huge fan of these, and I believe I labeled one of them as possibly the best Easter egg to date, if not one of the best in all of Star Wars, because it, it provides kind of a some really cool little one little lore nugget that that directly ties into uh the force awakens so nick we had seven in total i'm not gonna lie i'll I'll tell the listeners here i only had six originally but when i went through on my second viewing when i get all the screenshots i I noticed another one um so it was it was a pretty big episode in terms of easter eggs and references i'd say we had more references than eggs uh, but it was a good mix, and it was kind of spread across the trilogies. So first one we had here, and th- this is why I love Resistance and its writers, is that they're already creating references to past Resistance episodes, right, Nick? So our first one here, uh, Poe shows up on the Colossus somehow. He snuck on there. It's because he's Poe. He's fucking badass. But he brings up kind of jabs Kaz a little bit, like, hey, man, we'll just, you know, you're, you're the greatest pilot in the galaxy which is a direct callback to the pilot episode. Yeah, that was what I was going to say, is that these are our perfect little callbacks. So if you guys are familiar with TV series and stuff like that, a lot of times that will happen. But it takes, like you said, Matt, it takes a little bit longer to be able to build these callbacks up most of the time. But like you said, right on the ball, they're already making these callbacks. And I really like the whole way this scene broke out anyway. Like, from the very beginning of the episode, Kaz is kind of tinkering around with a, with a device. To try to get <laughs> I love, yeah, that's Bo. why I love this guy. Yeah, I mean... I and, mean, we'll talk about during the recap, yeah. but I just... I fucking love Kaz. Yeah, he's just... With, with each episode, I love the guy more and more. And there, that's not just because Christopher Sean likes us. Yeah, I mean, there was one part... I'll bring it up in our recap review. 
There was one part where I wish he would have done something a little bit different, but All you right. do. Like, you start I'm interested to, love... to hear that, so don't forget yeah. it because I know I'll, I would. I know it 100% because like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I just wish it was a little okay, different. Good. But, like, yeah, I... well, we'll keep that tucked into yeah. brain matter. So moving on to two, uh, and this is another staple of the show that Nick and I both have talked about before and that we love, and that's the fact that the fireball could be an even bigger piece of shit than the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, this thing is always <laughs> falling apart. And I'm glad that you brought up the Falcon map because number two is during the episode, the fireball again is being piloted by Kaz. And for some reason or another, it backfires and it doesn't start and makes all this problems, makes all these problems happen for Kaz and for Poe. And during that sequence of events, we get the audible cue that the Falcon and Anakin's pod race. Right. Did was in that not a one. mix of the two, or was I crazy? There? It was like, doo, wee, wee. right. I it mean, like it, the, it yeah. started with like the Falcon failure, but then it was kind of like, yeah, like of Anakin's trying to start up. Yeah, it was like when the engines were starting to like <laughs> pop a little bit, like they started to do that. Yeah. So I just I love. I mean, the fireball is a, is a character itself now. Like it, it's it, I'm not. It, it's hard to put anything up there with the Falcon because I mean the Falcon, quite frankly is probably the most iconic famous ship character of all time it is a character i mean how yeah. it's it's been featured in pretty much every trilogy yes so it was even in the prequels just look for it you'll find it it's there so three um but the fireball to me is almost becoming that type of of star wars character i mean it like the falcon it, it's kind of taken on a life of its own because it is such a pile of shit yeah, exactly. And this is the first time that we've seen Star Wars try to mirror the Falcon in any way. Because like you said, the Falcon has been the Falcon since the OT <laughs> into the sequel trilogy. We obviously didn't have something like it outside of Anakin's pod racer in episode one for the prequel trilogy. But I like how they're trying to to mirror that or to emulate that with the fireball. Just There's because... very few shit. I mean, they, I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would say the the Falcon's probably the only ship character out there. I mean, I guess you could argue um, the Ghost and Phantom from Rebels. From yeah, probably. But outside those, that, I mean, yeah. an X-wing's an X-wing, a tie's a tie. They, yeah, they just I mean, didn't have the charm and character of these vehicles. Yeah, it's it's more the droids that get the focus in the cartoon series. Like even in Star Wars Clone Wars, you see that. R4 plays a bigger role than you would expect. Uh, that's um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's droid, the little red astromech. Call the old know. folks home. Is that what he says? Yeah. Care, of the, old, care of the old folks home, I think, is how he puts it when he's I, I'm sure in. that's not what it means at all. But, yeah. or, or what he actually says, but that's just that's Attack of the Clones dialogue. When I said when he said that and he said "old folks home," I immediately thought of the Jedi Council because everybody. That, that's what I mean. Old. Like yeah. that's what I hear. So is that really what he says? I guess I we'll thought have to save so. that for another day. But yeah, I mean, maybe we'll have to dig into that and see if he really said. Yeah, it, I was thought like he was just making fun of Yoda and Mace and all those curmudgeonly assholes sitting in the the tower on Coruscant. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> moving yeah. on to, to number Fireball, three rock here. Fireball, We love you, Team Fireball. Yeah, it's really fun every time we see it. Number three is that Poe and Kaz mention how a star system has gone hinting at Starkiller-based testing. Oh, yeah. So basically what happens is... This is reverse show, they, foreshadowing. Yeah, so they, they're coming out and they're 
going to explore the unknown regions of space after Kaz kind of shows Poe this this map that he found. They get out there, they stop, and I almost took this as like another reference towards episode four. So I'll, I'll kind of show you how it breaks down a little bit. So they they come out, they stop, and they're like, "Holy shit, something should be here." And it's a sun. Uh, yeah, it's good like point. this. The sun is missing. Yes, exactly, Alderaan. So the sun's missing, and we know from TFA that Starkiller Base had to take the energy of a sun, of a star, in order to fire yeah. its planet-killing device. So that's the reference that Matt uh, calls out. I was thinking, like you said, Matt, of Alderaan, when they jump out of hyperspace in episode yeah, four. I'll get, I'll get it to you. Like, Look at you. Look at, this is yeah. back-to-back episodes now. Nick's starting to flex his uh, eggs and reference muscles. Here. I know a little bit about Star He's Wars. Like, Check this shit out, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I, I would still lump that into the same one. We could just clarify it in the reference, but yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just I just was like, oh well, this is definitely a Star Killer based testing ground, and they also, you know, were clearly mining planets and whatever for for resources. So I mean, the, it, it's pretty clear now that the First Order has essentially been raping and ravaging the unknown regions, completely yeah. scot free. I mean, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. No one cares outside of the resistance, and they're only getting this information decades late because they finally decided to use a spy in Kaz. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, Kaz, you can make an argument now that Kaz has done more for the resistance in discovery of the First Order than Poe and General Leia put together. Oh, yeah. Like, when we get to the recap and review, we can mention it, but, like... Yeah. Sorry. Like, when he... Yeah, when he's giving the information to Poe, Poe's like, I don't even know. Why are you showing me this? What's about the unknown regions? Like, it was completely clear that he had never heard of it before. Oh, yeah. So, So, moving on to four. I took some liberties with this one, but as all things First Order emulating the Empire, I I still think it made sense. So, Kaz and Poe, they're on this uh, kind of blown-out planet. I mean, it it wasn't like Death Star in a way, but you tell it definitely got fucked up. Yeah. Um, so they're exploring, and, and we as the, the audience, we see that they're being watched. I mean, we see as soon as they land, something's watching them, something's watching them. We know it's mechanical because it's through a mechanical lens. And lo and behold, we get this little head pops out. And that's where I was like, oh, I mean, that's this is, again, the First Order wanting to be the Empire. And they more or less designed their probe droids after the Imperial probe droids. But as with anything First Order, they essentially put it on steroids. Yeah, they upgraded it a little bit. So the they head, called it like a the mother, and it like <laughs> shit out all these little all baby these balls. Little, yeah, and and one other thing that I that I noticed with this, and I don't know if if it's just me, but like the little babies of it looked like the training droids. Oh yeah, dead on. They were black training yeah. remotes, dead on. Yeah, I, I noticed. I, I I thought the same thing. Yeah, so it was really cool. But the head of it, like that's that disc shaped head oh, that yeah, you dead see on. on is definitely right from ESP. Like it's, it, it. You know what I mean, though? I mean, it's just like how they essentially kept the Storm and TIE Pilot armor, but they just put their own little touch on it. You know? Exactly. Rounded yeah. it off a little bit more, made it look a little more modern. Yeah, actually, if you want to, uh, people out there who are keeping up with the St- uh, Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, there was a recent video about Stormtroopers on there, and they kind of give a little explanation as to how the First Order upgraded the Stormtrooper armor. Um, and, you yeah, know, it's on what StarWarsTime.net. Just search uh, Galaxy Adventures or whatever. I try to get those up each week because, they're to me, they're essentially art and motion. Yeah. Uh, but really? the way I phrase that, that video, Nick, is like, that's the first time Stormtroopers ever looked badass to me. Yeah, and they... <laughs> 
the funny thing is, is like you posted that, and then like right after it, you also posted a video that counts how many times stormtroopers miss in all Suck. Star I know. Wars I know. videos. Yeah. <laughs> Go me. Yeah. Oh man, good stuff. All right, Number so, five. Yeah, five. Nick, this is the one that I completely missed on my first viewing, and I was kind of ashamed of myself because these are the ones I pride myself on because they're they're not very obvious to the untrained eye. So again, on the same planet as Kaz and Poe are investigating, and they're walking by like this temple-like structure and there's a symbol on it. And the second time I saw him, I'm like, fuck, that's the symbol from the Tehar kids. That's like the little, I think you and I were calling it like a Japur snippet thing back during yeah. the, the Children of Tehar episode. Uh, but if, if those of you listening, if you remember, the uh, Cal and Isla had this little symbol with them from their, their home world, and Doza got a, a hold of it, and when he saw it, you could tell he was like, he knew something. Yeah. We still don't know what. You know, who knows? Maybe that's what made him quit the Empire. Maybe decades prior, he was on that planet fucking shit up. Who knows? But, Nick, this temple had that same symbol. So th- this is all kind of tying back to last week where I'm like, these kids aren't just kids. Yes. They don't come from just a normal place, and I think this kind of further proves our little theory we've got going. Yeah, I think so, too. In terms of this Easter egg, like, I definitely didn't catch it, but there was also, like, a second giveaway that this planet that they were on was probably linked to the kids because as Kaz and Poe were kind of walking towards this building, this wrecked building, there is a, there's a doll, like a... a like a little stuff. You know, he, he brings that it. all the way back to Colossus. So there's he a great chance that that could spawn a little plot thread coming up. Yeah, I mean, it could. Like you if know, the kids all... see it, they'll be like, where'd you get that? Exactly. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking too. Um, but yeah, so that planet could very well be Tehar where these children were taken from. Um, and who knows what has happened to the rest of the, you know, to the rest of the population from what we could see that the entire planet was essentially destroyed. So, so let me riff on this a bit, Nick. You know, last week I'm kind of speculating that these kids could have some force powers. I was telling you offline that I finally wa- I finally played through the, the Resurrection DLC for Battlefront 2, so I finally got that backstory and learned what Resurrection was. If you're not in the know, essentially, Project, Project Resurrection was essentially the, the First Order's mission to bring back Imperial rule, and one of the main cruxes of it was to abduct conscript whatever children just like the jedi did and turn them into their army brainwash uh, so, them yeah. exactly so when i was watching i was like well maybe the first door is there to conscript these kids i'm like no because the timeline doesn't work uh you know because obviously the first order exists it has its battalions of troopers so those troopers have matured for like i said probably a decade or two yeah and these aren't clones they're just stolen kids or who knows maybe parents giving them away i mean jedis did the same shit so don't roll your eyes at the First Order. Jedis are just as bad. But I've also seen some theories floating around that maybe Kylo or the Knights of Ren had something to do with this planet. And maybe they were after these kids in this temple because, like I said, maybe they do have some sort of force affinity. Yeah, I think the force power part of this could work both ways. So if you if you... Look at it from your initial perspective, which is like they're just like if they are trying to get more troops, like they're planning on a long war. They want to keep their forces up for years to come. So they get all these kids. They conscript them. They try to brainwash these kids, but it doesn't work. That would be their force powers like their force affinity 
is preventing them or they can like repel this this type of brainwashing or this programming that was mentioned in the movies. And it would also work the other way where if it is the Knights of Ren and they're trying to build up a force of force users, they would have sensed their power from, you know, somewhere else in the galaxy come there to, to essentially kidnap these kids and then along the way, they just lay waste to the whole planet, essentially. Yeah, I mean, um, we know Snoke basically had a force antenna. I mean, he sniffed out Solo, so... Yeah. I mean, he could very well have been just trying to build up a force. I mean, we, we still don't know what the fuck the Knights of Ren do. Yeah. So, I mean, it could very well... I mean, they, they could have been going out to planets trying to find force kids and either killing them, just so Snoke always knew that he only had to deal with Kylo and the light that was going to rise to meet him. Or they're secretly building up a, a force army, which we've potentially heard rumors about that the Knights of Ren could come back and maybe try to, you know, usurp Kylo. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of yeah, a lot of shit to unpack these. there in an Easter egg, but hey. yeah, yeah. I mean, these kids they definitely have more of a a a story to tell in this show, so I'm really interested to see where they go. Um, number six is another audible reference that you caught here. And it's a, it's a good one. Cause I like the scene that it comes from and it says, you know, it's Poe and Kaz are on the planet. And then they, Poe realizes that they're being watched by this Imperial probe droid. And he says it just like Luke says it when he's on Dagobah and he, and he feels Yoda watching him. He's like, like we're being watched. And then he turns around. If you remember the scene from ESB, Luke turns around with his blaster drawn, and then Yoda's there in the corner like, oh, don't fire. It's just <laughs> me. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, that that's like <laughs> the true hobo Yoda right there, where he's kind of testing Luke to see what he's all about, and he's just acting a fool. Yeah, yeah. So Fighting I like R2-D2 that. R2-D2 for flashlights and shitty just sausage sticks. Smacking them with the, with the cane. Yeah, that was a no, good one. No, no, I love that shit. <laughs> But yeah, that was a solid. That was a solid reference. So good one there. And then number seven, the final one is. This is probably your favorite one, Matt. I think this is the one you were talking about. Oh yeah, I mean, it, this is like I love this. This is the shit I live for, and it's it's nothing that special. It's just these little nuggets are like, ah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I'm glad I know that, even though it doesn't really affect anything else about Star Wars moving forward. I'm glad that I know that. Yeah. So. The, the Easter egg, or yeah, yeah, it's an Easter egg. The Easter egg here is we see, so Poe is, you know, obviously gets to the, uh, to the Colossus station and it has to leave. So when they're, when they're leaving, um, you see the X Wing that, you know, Poe's bumming around on. It's the X Wing that he had when he was on Jakku. Which was yeah, and the reason cool. we know that for sure, and we're not just pulling shit out of our asses like some Star Wars sites do. Is because early in the episode, Poe literally informs Kaz, hey man, General Leia's sending me to Jakku, I need BB-8 back. Yeah, it's like, I am heading to Jakku right after we're finished. Yeah, this. he's like, but we have enough time to go do this little side mission. So, I mean, take it for what it is, but Poe literally, when he leaves this episode with BB-8, is flying his ass to go see Lor Santec. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and we I can love kind that. of... We can kind of use this to transition into the yeah. recap review, but this now gives us an established timeline for where we are in terms of resistance and TFA. So if you figure it's just going to be a quick hyperspace jump to Jakku and that's right where he's going, then we're only probably 
a day, maybe two days out from the start of The Force Awakens at this point in Star Wars Resistance. So let's move into the the review and what we thought of this episode and kind of give the quick recap on it. But I really, just to kick it off, like I thought that this episode was fantastic because, again, it's just full on the First Order plotline. And also we get so much more context into the plans of the first order and how they were able to to build this force up um over time in a way that nobody was aware of so i was really a huge fan of that and it all kicks off with essentially the the colossus station being on a full lockdown by steady lockdown steady lockdown it's it's fucked nothing's getting off or in but go ahead yeah, so Kaz is essentially trying to build a, a communication device to, to get through <laughs> the the uh, the first order blockade of information. Like they can't, you can't send any messages out there. Nick's not joking either. Like Kaz is literally the first scene. He's trying to create an antenna. Yeah, and, like and you Meager's could, like, what the fuck are you doing? Bucket sitting there like idiot. BB-8's like, good luck. Yeah, like it's clearly yeah, not it's why out. it's why we love Kaz. I mean, he 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 his heart's always in the right place even though he might not have the skills to back it up. He's an eternal optimist because, like, everybody knows that if you have a comms jam, like a station-wide comms jam, you can't build something in your backyard that's probably that's going to get around it. So, But he, he's going at it anyway. Like, he's not going to give up. <laughs> so he's building this this whole device, and, you know, he, he he's tinkering with it. Everybody's telling him it can't come true. Like, you can't do it. It's not going to work. This is not going to be the dream that comes true, and you're going to reach out to the first uh, or to the resistance. And then all of a sudden he's tinkering and then he hears Poe's voice. He's like, oh my God, it works. Look how clear the reception is. And then we just turn (laughs) (laughs) a simple spin around reveals that Poe is now on the Colossus station. And then this is where everything kicks off, Matt. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that's impressive is Poe got onto the Colossus when it's literally being circled by TIE fighters and the entire station itself has a garrison or more of... First Order Troopers, so just, again, shows you how badass Poe really is. And CB-23, we hear that at the end. We'll get there, though. Yeah, CB, that's going to be the new droid. Yeah. Uh, But, no, I I mean, dude, I've said this before. Anytime we get a a Poe-Kaz episode, sign me up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oscar Isaac brings it every time, too. Like, he was great in this episode. Oh, he always is. And he just brings more uh, authenticity to this show. I mean, Gwendolyn's on it, too. I'm starting to wonder, man, do you, do you think they got Driver to do something, maybe? Do you think we're ever going to get an animated Kylo? I mean, they've never mentioned that he's involved, so he's probably not. I just think that the, the, it could easily be done here, especially if we're talking about the TLJ timeline where the First Order has controlled the entire galaxy. You would figure that, you know, well, there is a possibility that the Colossus gets scuttled, but like if we're working in that area. Oh, by the way, dude, you know what we floated last week—that it, it could be like a ship or something. Yeah, I homeboy over at Star Wars explained the day after put out a video: is the Colossus a space station? And mm. I think he's one hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to take credit because we, we both did say that it, it could be some sort of floating, flying structure. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's a fucking submerged space station. Yeah, yeah. So now, just think about it. It's a refueling station for spaceships. Why the fuck is it on the water? Yeah, no. And uh, what's probably happening is it's pumping fuel. It's a, it's got like a drill. It's just drilling into whatever that ocean is, and it's pumping fuel 
up through the pipes or however it's going to get it to the station. That's how they refuel the refueling station is whatever is underneath the, the surface of this water here. They, they're just drilling to get it. At least that's what I think. But who knows? Um, we'll probably find out soon, though, because we did see a giant splash in the in the um oh it looked like it was sinking so i don't know if it's like taken off or it is submergible but i mean or submersible who knows but yeah i I just thought it was funny i mean obviously if you're a star wars fan you may have heard of star wars explained he's on youtube he's like a a hardcore lore junkie for star wars i mean he's pretty well known and knowledgeable i'm not not gonna lie but i just thought it's funny that we're on the kind of thinking along the same lines there yeah so you know, after Kaz gets over the excitement of Poe being there, he lets him know that, look, I'm not just here to, to bum around. I'm here because we have a very important mission to do. And this is where he informs him that, you know, we have just enough time for you to give me an intel brief and then for me to get to Jakku because General Leia has given him a mission. So Poe, you know, sets up. And then Kaz gives BB-8 this little data rod that we talked about last time. And then Kaz breaks down to him, this is what I found out. The The First Order is interested in the Colossus Station to keep it away from the Resistance. And they have been staging a giant force in the unknown regions of space. And then from there, we get and off. And this all comes from Kaz's intel. Yeah, this is purely off of Kaz's intel. If we remember, he got this information in the last episode when he snuck onto that board, that shuttlecraft that the First Order had when he was dressed up as a First Order uh, trooper. That's where he encountered who we thought was BB-9E, probably was, I'm going to say it was, and then he was able to steal that data rod from that shuttle, and then that's where he found the information. So he gets the information, shows it to Poe, and then Poe's like, we got to get out there. We have, to, we have to see what's going on out there after seeing this information that Kaz got. And then that's where they come up with this escape plan, right, Matt? They, they try to get off of the Colossus. Oh, dude, this was crazy. So go <laughs> ahead and set up this scene because this was awesome. And this, again, just shows you how big um, Poe's balls are. Yeah. And so- just how, how, um, how well-versed he is in, in the art of flying, even if he's literally hanging on the outside yeah. of a starfighter. Not inside of a ship, outside of a ship. So, <laughs> I love this guy. It's crazy. So essentially, like Poe is not just going to fly his X-Wing off of the Colossus Station. Like It's too obvious. Like People would be like, what the f- why is there a Resistance X-Wing flying out of uh, you know now First Order-controlled area? So the plan is to to essentially mask the fireballs lowering and deployment under what looks like or above what what is like some sort of giant um what was it it was like a it's like, like a, a freighter container of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like a huge a, like freighter a, ship i mean so poe's ass is literally wearing an air mask hanging outside the fireball yep kaz is like floating it basically on top of this freighter so they can get off the colossus and then th- this is where the, the Easter egg comes in because then they, they then have to jumpstart the fireball and it doesn't quite start with Poe on the outside of it, essentially crashing down to his death. Yeah. The, so the whole fireball starts to just plummet <laughs> down to the ocean surface. And it's such a piece of shit. You know, it just does the it does the Millennium Falcon. It's like do do do, and it just starts to go. Yeah, and then that's where the pod racer sound comes in when it starts to fire up again. Yeah, I mean, it was hilarious. But so anyway, 
as expected, the fireball kicks in right at the last second. They take off and they're able to clear Colossus Station airspace. And this is where um, Poe finally gets into his own X-Wing with CB-23, the other um, astromech ball droid, just like BB-8. And then they these these two head out to the unknown regions of space to investigate what Kaz has found. Do you think BB-8 is a lover, or do you think he just is a big fan of droids? Because I, I can't remember if, if him and CB, like, hi, I, I know, like, when we get to where they make the exchange, they, like, roll past each other. And, and like, they have little hands. Yeah, they, like, yeah. put out their little hands. I fucking love that stupid <laughs> shit. It was, but it was I mean, funny. I'm telling you, BB-8 is like one of the most caring droids out there. He's very non-R2, non-C-3PO. I mean, those two yeah. are like assholes to each other. But BB-8, like I said, I I know Bucket was in this episode for a little bit. I don't know if it's long enough to see if BB-8 was doing something for him. But like I told Nick last week, if you look in the background in nearly almost every episode, at least since the mid-season return, BB-8 is doing something to help Bucket. It's like the sweetest shit in the world. Yeah. Like the one that like, goes and picks his helmet back up for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he is. I think BB-8 is just an all-around. He's just an all-around nice droid. I don't know. I don't think he has a thing for CB. Maybe. Because like you said, like, you know, towards the end, we do get like a little reaching, almost touching. But it's almost like a high five. Like, all right. Yeah. All right, sister. See you later. Yeah. Like, good I'm going luck. back with my dude. Take care. Take care of Kaz for me. But yeah, um, take care. Have fun with that idiot. <laughs> yeah, good luck. But anyway, once the two get out there is when our second Easter egg comes in, or another one of our Easter eggs comes in, and that is when when they come out of hyperspace, they're in this space where there should be a sun. Like Poe says, there should be a star here. We, we're in a star system, but there's no star, and that's where uh, the Easter egg comes in with. You know, this is probably where Starkiller Base absorbed an entire, you know, star. Well, you know what it's like, Nick? Laser. It's like what Rogue One did for us in A New Hope and kind of explaining how the Death Star came to be and how they were testing it. I mean, we're, we're getting little glimpses of that now through Resistance for The Force Awakens. Yeah. I mean, we've learned all along what they've been doing in the Unknown Regions, the mining, this, that, and the other thing, the planet cracker they wanted. Well, this is what they're doing. They're testing Starkiller Base. They're clearly going to systems, draining their star, probably taking all the resources, and then moving on. And, and that's kind of what uh, Poe and Kaz rolled up to. Yeah, they discover a bunch of different, what well, looks like planet structures that were either completely cracked in half. One was cored all the way through the middle, um, but the planet itself was still, I guess you would say, intact. But it was it looked like it was some sort of either testing ground for the weaponry for Starkiller Base or it was, um, you know, another mining operation for the First Order to, to just drain these planets dry of all of their resources. Um, so after discovering this for a little bit, they, they kind of do a, a quick flyby of some of these planets. They notice the one that's cored out. They fly through it to find that there is a gravity well inside of it that's forcing all of these, all this debris to go through it. Um, luckily, they're able to successfully navigate it. A couple of close calls on Kaz's side, but he makes it through. And then this is where we get to what we assume is Tehar. Yeah, I, I mean, just kind of back to our conversation, it, it has to be. I mean, that, that symbol's like the, the, the dead giveaway, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that big 
symbol over the building. So essentially, they, they land on the planet to, to investigate, like, what the hell's going on here? They, they, they see this planet, and they're like, it looks dead, but it's not destroyed. Like, it's not obliterated like a Death Star would do or like what happened to the Hosnian system in TFA. It's just like... It looks like there's no. But it's desolate. Life on it. So yeah. that's what I mean. Like, did they just go and and murder everybody? Like the Jakku village. Yeah, exactly. That has to be what happened because upon landing on this planet, like you can see structures, like we were saying before, like you can see where life had once been, but everything is now just completely desolated, like you mentioned. And this is where we see the other Easter egg, which is the symbol of Tehar that the children had on on the Colossus station is is prominently. Um, shown above this one building that that Poe and Kaz go to investigate. Okay, all right. Sorry about that, people. A little bit of a technical difficulty. Um, I can't even blame it on my cat. Don't really know what happened, but lost Nick's audio. But we're back up and running. So, Nick, let, let's get right back into the conversation. We're talking about uh, the the structure on the what we're saying is probably Tehar. So let's get back to it. Yeah, so we were talking about this giant, what looks like, um, I would say it almost looks like a town hall, right? Like, what else would you have? What other kind of building would you have that prominently displays, like, you know, your your planetary symbol or, you know? I Dude, like, I I was going, like, temple of some sort. Could be, too. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Especially if this is, like, a Force-sensitive type of planet. Like, if they know that they have Force-sensitive people or are they, you know, a, a religious type of people... A temple would fit in perfectly with this type of structure. So I think that's a good call. Unfortunately, though, we never get to go inside of it because right as they pull up to this new building is when they're noticed by this uh, First Order probe droid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it scans them. So do you think the First Order is just leaving these things behind? After they, they clear a sector out? I think so, because they probably want to see, like, okay, how far are they behind us? Like, because they already know that they're, they're ahead of everybody. They know that the resistance isn't on their tail yet. So they're leaving these little droids here and there to see, like, okay, so where are they in reference to, you know, where we have been? And then that way they can see, like, how, how close they are to catching on to their, their plot and their plans. Okay, okay, so... But... What we do know is that wherever the the First Order staging uh, base is, it has to be pretty close to this planet because uh, Major Von Reg in a in a cadre of of stormtroopers or, or Tie Fighters show up pretty quickly after this little tussle with the. Oh, it was like it was like two seconds. I mean, they fought him for what, maybe two or three minutes. Yeah, I mean, it took a little while, and this is actually where the part the part was that I wish Kaz would have done something a little bit differently. And it's not even really Kaz's fault. It's just like I wish it was written a little differently. So they're fighting the Imperial probe droid. All of the little babies come out like we mentioned. Poe starts to take on the little training droids. And then it's up to Kaz to take out the main droid. So the way he does it is that he, like, essentially he trips and he falls down and he shoots wildly in the air and it happens to hit the probe droid right in the Well, eye. I mean, that's that's vintage Kaz. Exactly. Right? That's vintage Kaz. But I wish, like, just to show, like, his like him getting better at his job and stuff like that. <laughs> He's not such a buffoon Yeah, like, sometimes. he just, like, he, he, like, calms himself, he lines up, and then, bam, he just hits the shot. Like, I wish that would have happened. But it is yeah. vintage Kaz for him to, like, you know, essentially stumble his way into succeeding in whatever he's doing. 
but I do want to see eventually like he gets away from that and he starts just like executing things properly. And like in that instance, like he would just like calm down, like I got this. And then he just hits the shot. But overall, like we said, vintage cast still very cool. Still very fun. I, I just, I think they're going to run with, uh, as we've been calling him, you know, he's just this, this clumsy, lovable star Wars lead. He's just, he's never going to be a Luke or Ray, or hell, even a Finn or a Poe. I mean, he's a cat. Yeah, exactly. He is his own hero, which is really cool to see. Um, so like we said, after that little skirmish, in comes Von Reg and the TIE Fighters from the First Order, um, and thus ensues a chase once Kaz and Poe make their way back onto the, to the Fireball and Poe's X-Wing, respectively. And this chase takes them... None other place than the gravity well that they were in initially. Um, and this is basically the closest that we've gotten so far to the asteroid belt chase that we saw in Empire Strikes Back, where the Falcon is kind of weaving in and out of these asteroids and the the um, the Imperial TIE Fighters are just smashing into these things and blowing up and, and Han and, and the gang are able to escape due to all of the madness that was ensuing. Well, I mean, hell, they they, they even did a callback in this episode because when Kaz and Poe first get to this part of the Unknown Regions, they actually fly through this cored-out planet, and, you know, there's a gravity well in it, so they're kind of used to what that's going to do to their ship, and that's why they take them back through it because Poe's like, this is pretty much our only way to get get away from these guys because I think it was three-on-two. It was, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Von Reg, I mean, he's up there in terms of skill with Poe. Um, so they, they had a formidable chase going on, plus the, they were jumped, so, I mean, they weren't ready for the dogfight. Uh, but they take him through that, that gravity well. You know, it's pretty cool that the planes start floating, and they take out the two the two ties, but then Von Reg makes it through. Yeah, and what I, I really did think that Von Reg was going to go down here because, like, Matt and I were talking off cast, like, eventually... I don't know if we're going to get to a point where Von Reg and, and, and Commander Pyre, like, we don't see them in, in the movies. You know, are they going to show up in Episode Nine? They definitely could. Also, they could be dispatched. So as soon as we entered this gravity well, his two Thai teammates went down to, you know, debris in there, and it almost looked like for a second that Von Reg was going to go down, but he was able to, to turn around and get, get out of Dodge before he took any damage. But it did allow... Poe and Kaz to successfully escape from them and then once they're out of the gravity well we get the nice scene that we mentioned earlier in the cast oh yeah the droid the droid pass yeah the droid droid exchange (laughs) so the it's so funny the way it's done because I'm thinking like how the hell is this gonna happen like they're in the middle of space how are they gonna exchange these droids essentially they just float right past each other in in the gravity of uh, of oh, space yeah. spinning and everything and like we said i even think they even you know gesture to each other like see you later buddy yeah like a little their little hands come out and what do you do you know as they pass by and then from there bb8 syncs up with poe cb23 syncs up with kaz and then poe shoots off into hyperspace to where we assume is Going to be Jakku for his next mission. Oh, he's he's off to Jakku. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's in a standard issue Resistance X-Wing. He picked up his best friend. He even mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. Leia sending him there. We we know why she is. Go check the old family friend lore out. And he's going to get the all-important 
data rod, yep. as Nick likes to call it. The data rod. Get the one, yep. not not the one that Kaz shared with him early in the episode, but get the all-important one that is the star map. The rod. The rod of rods. Yes. The rod that leads to the Jedi. The last Jedi. But, um, so, before they jump out, Kaz is like, wait, hold on. How am I supposed to get back onto the Colossus? Like, you got there somehow. I don't know how you got there. How am I supposed to get past all these First Order ships and officers and everything around? And he said, don't worry. CB-23 will get you in. And then they jump off to hyperspace. And the next scene we see is that Kaz is sneaking back onto the... Well, not even really sneaking. He walks back onto the Colossus. He has the... Uh, stuffed animal that they found on Tehar with him, and he has a new droid, which Tam uh, seems to notice very quickly. Oh yeah, I, I I mentioned this, especially because the way they cast Tam last week, I, I'm I, I pretty much called it. I put Tam on betrayal watch. I yeah, actually that was my mindset too. I mean, she's already come out and said that you know she's a fan of the First Order being there, and we we know that her family had previous ties to the empire and now she is she's very upset to see Kaz, you know, here. Well she just she knows that something's fishy with him and I think she's picking on she's picking up on that Yeager's kinda looped into it too. Whatever the hell these two are up to, she's starting to catch on to him. And I think there's going to be a scenario presented where she thinks she sees something even though it's not and she's going to go rat them out. I mean, I really do think Tam is going to unknowingly betray Kaz and possibly Yeager. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we know that there's some tension that's been brewing between her and, you know, Yeager and Kaz. In the last episode, she straight called it out. She she tells Yeager, like, you always agree with him. Like, you're always on his side very angrily and then stomps off. And then here again, like, you know, she, she calls it out and something definitely could happen between tam and and the other two fellas here and she could like you said unwittingly kind of foil uh, yeah i'm not plans. saying she's gonna go like, oh, i'm gonna get them in trouble she's gonna think she's doing the right thing based on her belief that the first order is a peacekeeping force and they're not there to essentially steal everything and if they have to murder everybody yeah yeah um so overall man I think you gave this episode an 8.8. I have to agree. Like this was a top notch episode where we see great action, but we also get really good information and context into these uh, events that are upcoming in TFA. I mean, now we know exactly where Poe was coming from before he gets to Jakku and Lor Santeca's village. And then we also know that, you know, Kaz's Intel leads directly to very important information that the resistance uses to learn about their plot. I mean, this is solid, solid stuff coming out of Resistance. Yeah, we've been saying it all along. I mean, this is... If you really are someone that loves Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and you, know, you just want to eat it up wherever you can get it, you're missing out on this one if you're not watching it. I mean, like all new things, you got to you know give it some time to let it hit its stride. There are a few early episodes, you're like, eh, whatever, these are entertaining, but I don't, I'm not really seeing it. But now that it's it's... Definitely in full swing. Uh, I mean, as Nick said, we are getting revelations about the First Order we never got from the movies. Probably never would have gotten from the movies without getting this Resistance series. So I'm glad it's here. 
I'm glad it's still going, and I love the direction it's headed. And and as we said beforehand, Nick, we're ah, we probably got maybe four or five episodes left, so things are really going to start ramping up. We we kind of speculated that we may see the um, Star Killer base Hosnian system destruction next week yep. in uh, this upcoming episode. Uh, we always get the clip on Wednesday, so that'll be going out. Well, really, to, if you're listening to it, it's probably already up on StarWarsTime.net. Um, but we'll, we'll know a little bit more uh, on Wednesday when we get that clip from Disney. Absolutely. About where the show's headed. So I, I think that does it for this uh, Resistance recap provided by your boys at the Star Wars Time Show. We do appreciate your listens. Chris, Rashawn, if you, if you did listen and you're still here, <laughs> thank you. I don't know what's wrong with you. We love you, though. Appreciate you. Go Kaz. Hashtag Team Kaz all the way. Uh, but for the rest of you Star Wars fans, you know what to do. Get those browsers tuned to StarWarsTime.net. Look around. Click on some stuff. Subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on YouTube. I, mean, I haven't really been able to do a rant in about a week, so might try to get a new one out here uh, tomorrow, Thursday. But we're here for your Star Wars needs. We're here for your Star Wars podcast needs, for your Star Wars resistance needs, your Episode Nine movie rumor speculation fanboy needs. That's what we do. This is Star Wars time. There's always time for Star Wars time. Get used to it. All right. Until next Star Wars time, may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>